Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new Frontiers in Functional Medicine, where we are interviewing the best minds in functional medicine. And of course, today is no exception. I am thrilled to be here with a amazing scientist uh, doing up to cool, disruptive work. We're going to dive into who she is and, and what she's about. And um, let me just give you her bio right now. Uh, her name is Dr. Carolina Race Oliveira, and she is a PhD, uh, co-founder and CEO of One Skin. Her PhD is in immunology from the Federal University of Minas Gerais in collaboration with Rutgers University and is an alumnus of Indy Bio, the world's leading biotech accelerator. In 2016, Carolina relocated to Silicon Valley from Latin America to co-found OneSkin and to lead the development of the company's disruptive longevity technologies. Carolina, welcome, welcome, welcome to New Frontiers. Thank you so much, Dr. Carey. such a pleasure to be here today. You know, I've been a fan of you guys when I stumbled across the fact that you developed a skin biological age clock. I was so excited about it. Um, and now you, well, I mean, you bought this because you were, you, you were just really doing some cool, cool work around uh, anti-aging topicals. And I want that, like, I want to know that. And I just want to know your whole journey. So give me your origin story and let's just talk about some of the fabulous, fabulous background work to begin with. Yes. Uh, yeah. So a little bit of my background, I have a PhD in stem cell biology and tissue engineering. And back in 2016, I joined with uh, three other colleagues from my uh, lab. And we want to make that translation from academia to, to the market and really use our science to, to help move humanity forward. And one of the main uh, opportunities that we saw is that based on our ability to grow human tissues in the lab, so we could replicate skin. And, and we thought that we could use that skin that we grow in the lab to test anti-aging products that are out there in the market to really measure if they are promoting any rejuvenation or age reversal effect. So since we could, you know, grow these tissues, we thought, okay, if we can measure the age of that skin in the lab, then we can, you know, apply a product and we can measure if a product's like changing what we call like the biological age of the skin. So that's when we decided to build a specific skin clock, a clock that would measure skin biological age in a very accurate way, because... Uh -huh. As you know, nowadays, how companies measure their products' efficacy, it's mainly through co customers like subjective perception, right? Which yeah. is not accurate at all. So yeah. if there is a way that we can quantify this age reversal effect, and it's, you know, and in this case of measuring biological age, it's through the DNA of the skin. So we know that, uh, you know, our skin and all of our tissues, we accumulate change in our DNA as we grow older, mostly like on the epigenetic level. And what this clock does is basically measuring those chains that accumulate over time. So once how you, big is it? Just out of curiosity, how many CPGs in your clock? So we use the the, the Epic ship from Illumina. So it's more than eight hundred fifty thousand uh, probes, and then uh, the clock itself it's nailed down to like a fewer, not like 
2,000 something probes. Okay. Um, but we are trying as much as possible to reduce, to make it more accessible, to, you know, commercialize it. So right now it's still very expensive. Uh, we use it, use it mainly for research, but uh, to build the clock, we actually analyze all the, you know, 850,000 probes. That's so cool. Okay. So it's now it's down to around a thousand. I mean, Oh, I'm so sorry. I want you to continue with your study, but let me talk with your story. But I just have to ask you one question around that. Are you, if you consider commercializing the skin, the skin clock, what, how would you do that? Would you be offering it to other uh, industry folks working on products for skin? Would you be offering it to the consumer? Like, would I be able to test my skin age? Yeah, I think ideally would be able to offer to the consumer because the consumer yeah. first want to know like what is the status of your skin age? Like it's yeah. close to your chronological age and like it's younger, it's older. So that's like the first, you know, point like to know your baseline. And then after that, like people are still unsure in terms of products efficacy. So that's a clinical study that we are actually running right now. Interesting enough that the we are uh, following the participants over a course of like six months up to a year using our products topically. Uh, And then we are measuring the change in the biological age to validate that our product is actually reversing the the skin age. Uh, One caveat of this process is still that we need a biopsy. So so it's still invasive, it's still... Uh, a little tricky in terms of, you know, logistics, how you partner with a dermatologist or, you know, a clinic that you collect the biopsy to send to us. And then the other piece that is still a little prohibitive is the cost that like, uh, I would say that uh, our cost to generate the data is about like a thousand dollars. So even to commercialize is going to be still a little expensive. And that's why we're we're looking to reduce the number of probes that we are analyzing so we can, you know, reduce the cost and make it more available to to consumers. Yeah, I understand that, you know, just, I mean, when we did our, our, ran our study in 20, in 2018, 2019, the, the arrays were at least 1200. I mean, and the prices, you know, the prices coming down. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think that you'd be able to get a reliable measurement using a non-invasive specimen or is I mean, biopsy just strikes me as optimal. Yeah, we are working in collaboration with another company to to test if like tape strips could collect enough biological awesome. samples. Yeah. And if that if we have enough biological samples, if that measurement correlates with the data that we get from cool. biopsy. So That's in cool. these clinical studies that we are running, we're actually doing both. And hopefully we'll find a way to, you know, eliminate the biopsies. I'm just thrilled though with what you're doing. The 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 investment, the financial investment, you know, the the science investment, because I mean, research in this space has been dismal. It's an embarrassment. And products, you know, I mean it, and products are incredibly expensive. I mean, it's just it's mind-blowing that that the industry has gotten away with it for, for so long. So the fact that you're getting in there with like real science, you know, with actual biopsies that you've developed a biological age clock specifically for the skin and you're testing it. And I know you started in vitro and now you're doing clinical trials and we'll talk about all of that. But I just, I want to say that I, I, I love what you're doing and I'm so happy to support, you know, elevating your work. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And 
And it's interesting because we, as I was sharing, like we didn't start out to create a product or a brand. Our goal was initially, again, to measure the, you know, the efficacy of these products that were out there in the market. And then when we realized that, okay, there are many anti-aging products out there, but none of them were developed with like the rationale of like targeting aging in the first place. Yeah. And uh, so most of the products that are out there, they are, you know, treating the surface of your skin. And, you know, sometimes they make your skin, you know, look better, but there is no um, focus of like attacking or no, the, the, what's the root cause of aging, you know, in the deeper layers yes. of the skin. And, and then in the end, like you can have like temporary results, you, your skin can look better, but it's not like biologically younger. So on the other hand, what we saw is that this new uh, area of like longevity and aging, age reversal was evolving so much like in the past few years. And we now understand what are the main drivers of aging. And uh, we saw a very clear opportunity for us to develop a product that was addressing the, the root mechanisms of aging and that was going to promote a more significant age reversal effect. Uh, and in the end, we set ourselves to, you know, find the new molecules that were actually going to, you know, reverse aging. So that's why we're a longevity company. And once we found a molecule, okay, we decided to create a product out, out of that molecule. So uh, it was kind of a consequence of our research and of this goal of actually, you know, studying aging first, understanding how aging works, and then looking for interventions that were actually targeting the root cause of aging. So fascinating. So you guys were as or you 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 ladies, you women. I know you're a you're a woman scientist company, which <laughs> of course I love. Um, just another reason to support you guys knocking it out of the park. But um, so you were coming from being stem cell biologists, you were able to actually create an in, an in vitro skin model that you could yeah. test. And then you developed the clock, which is yeah. incredible. And then you started to test products. And we know the dismal selection of products. And I just I, I just want to say that you guys, you, you actually found that plenty of these products accelerated aging. Maybe at best, perhaps there was no change, but a lot of these things that were slathering on our skin were actually were actually accelerating aging. And I just, you know, want to point out from a functional medicine perspective where we're all reading labels, we certainly see that many, many chemicals we're putting in our in our bodies, um, you know, are toxic. Yeah. And it's interesting that you found it. So I want to just link back. So so you started all of this research and you're like, oh my God, these things are horrible. And then you decided that you were going to go into investigating yeah. uh, the way that you could actually disrupt the aging process happening. Use looking at the hallmarks of aging and figuring it out. Okay. So yeah. speak to that and then get us back in the story and and and, and yeah. how you found your peptide. So yeah, th this was, I mean, a surprise in some ways, but not a surprise in other ways, as you as you mentioned, like we know that if there are toxic ingredients there, that definitely is like damaging our skin. But sometimes it's hard for us to see at a naked eye, right? And sometimes yeah. you're going to get like a rash or you're going to get some kind of irritation. But when you grow these skins and then you apply a product that's not clean or safe, that has like toxic ingredients, 
the skin will start to degenerate, like the cells that were like supposed to have a certain morphology, they start really to become like really weird. And it's so clear and reproducible, the products that are actually bad. And we and it's funny because we initially we used some best-selling anti-aging as a positive control. Let's see if we, how they perform so we can, you know, find something that performs better than them. And then we realized that they were the negative control because <laughs> they were consistently, you know, causing a lot of damage to the skin. And other products that are really used in this market, for example, retinol and uh, retinoic acid. Yes. Uh, we can also reproduce what they, you know, they make our skin to do like pe this peeling effect that the upper layers are, you know, coming out. And the retinol is interesting because uh, for a certain period, we will elevate like markers of inflammation, aging, and we will also increase collagen, you know, some other like important uh, markers for, for your skin. But the, the, the learning that we had with retinol is that if you overuse retinol and you cause like too much of the cell renewal, you are exhausting your tissue and you are inducing so much inflammation that in the wow. long term is also not good for your skin. So there is a, a very, you know, fine balance of how to use retinol in a way that you harness its best, like, you know, results. But then what we realize is that Okay, right now, most of these products that are considered effective, they are only promoting good results by harming your skin, right? Like that's so, what retinol does. Is there a way that we can actually harness our biology that we can promote this rejuvenation effect without causing the harm, without causing the inflammation? And, uh, and when we started to understand about aging, and we saw that one of the main, you know, drivers of aging was the accumulation of those aged, you know, zombie cells. Yes. Uh, we thought, okay, if we can find a way to decrease the number of those aged cells in the skin, we may be able to selectively, you know, uh, remove them and then allow the healthy and young cells to proliferate. And then we are rejuvenating the skin in a very like safe way, you know, without disturbing the good cells. Uh, and then you end up with, like with a very similar results that you get or better with retinol without the side effects. Without the, so let me ask you just a couple of questions before before you move forward in 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 what you have discovered to do this. Um, I'm curious if any if any toxins were a standout to you in really, you know, disrupting this in vitro um, skin model that you were using? Were there any particular toxic players that come to mind? Um, I needed to go back and like uh, analyze the ingredients list. Okay. To, yeah. And, and my, you know, my team, I have like a, a chemist that she's, she's the one that know exactly all the ingredients that are very bad. But for us, again, when we see that, and you can use like some websites that help you to, to rank the ingredients, for example, yes. EWG, right? Yes. Uh, and when you put a, you know, the product name and depending yeah. on the score, it, it really matches with the results that <gasps> we're seeing. Fascinating. Oh yeah. my God, that's so interesting. Okay, well, if your chemist can shoot us any, we'll put them on the show notes, you guys. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll follow through with it and see if we can get yeah. some of them. Also, I want to let everybody know too that we'll, we'll link 
to the website, to OneSkin website, where they have a clearinghouse of all the studies that they've published. So any super geeky people you're interested in that original skin clock that they developed, um, you know, we'll make sure that you have access to all of those. Let me just ask you one more question about retinol, because it's sort of like the anti-aging, you yeah. know, workhorse compound. Do you, so would you just, I mean, you look to, to mimic retinol. So you would just, I'm going to guess that you would probably say, don't use it because the wind, the therapeutic window is probably very narrow and you can hit damage if you go too far in either direction. I know some people put really, really concentrated amounts of retinol on their face. And then instead you found that your product can mimic the benefits of retinol. Would you say yeah. that you should just avoid it? I mean, what are your thoughts there? I, I, I'm not a hundred percent against, I think there is a way that you can, can even like, you know, use retinol in combination with other products that can counteract their, you know, side effects. Uh, so I think my, my main, you know, uh, recommendation is not like overuse or not like, uh, induce too much like inflammation for long periods. Uh, so I think if if you give your skin time to, you know, because we will like peel off your skin, you induce that cell renewal, you'll build more collagen. If you need, if you give your skin time to recover and, you know, reduce those levels of, you know, irritation or inflammation, uh, you can definitely, you know, get some benefits of it. So I, I need more research to actually say, you know, don't use it at all. There is something that's, you know, because the mechanism of action is different, you know. So we are, the way that our peptide works, completely different from. Yeah. In the end, like aging, there is not only a way, one way to target aging. And, you know, there is definitely, yeah. you, need to, uh, you know, attack this process from like uh, multiple angles. Uh, so let me, let me just say that I, I mean, personally, I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't know that there's a place. I experimented a little bit with retinols in my, in my life. And I just, I don't know, listening to what you're, what you're saying about it. It just, it seems like the risk isn't worth it. The risk benefit, especially where we are. So let's yeah. talk about, let's talk about you. I mean, let's talk about this amazing peptide and how you discovered it and, you know, thinking about the hallmarks of aging and, and, and what you're addressing with it. Yeah, so so as as I was saying, like we were studying, you know, the aging process and what are the main hallmarks of aging that we could intervene that could promote this uh, rejuvenation effect, and we got really interested in senescent cells or the zombie cells. So for those who are not familiar, senescent cells are cells that are already in their you know end of the life cycle. They have accumulated a lot of damage, so they stop dividing because if they continue to divide, they could become a tumor. But they also, on the flip side, they start like secreting inflammatory signals that basically uh, function like a bad apple in a basket. So once senescent cells spoils the good cells around to age faster. And uh, back in 2016, we saw like the, the community really interested in ways to eliminate specifically senescent cells. So there is a lot of research in the longevity space focusing on molecules, on, you know, peptides that could eliminate them. So we decided to uh, search for new peptides and we chose peptides because it's a biological molecule. It's already used in, you know, skincare products and it tends to be safer. 
And we tested over a thousand different peptides in order to find the one that was able to decrease uh, senescent cells to a very you know, minimal level that was not causing that damage anymore. And it was also safe, you know, and that was also able to penetrate the skin. Uh, so after a few years of research, we found this peptide called OS1, and we could show that when we treat aged skins with uh, um, OS1, we can decrease the levels of those aged cells up to 30 to 50%, depending on the model. Uh, and then in turn, what we see is that the healthy cells can proliferate again, and they start producing more collagen again. And this results, you know, in a healthier, more functional and a, a younger looking skin. So it's very interesting because, again, when you understand, okay, if this is the cause, if we have fewer of those cells, you know, the, 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 your organism knows what to do. So you let your organism kind of, you know, to go back to that, you know, healthy functional state. And this hypothesis, you know, was proven right when we, you know, did the studies in vitro and then later on, you know, in, in vivo with humans. What kind of bioage reversal did you see in the in vitro model using OS1? Yeah, great question. So in vitro, I mean, the conditions are completely different. It's a, it's a totally like isolated system. Uh, when we applied uh, the peptide uh, in the conditioned media, so basically the media that is in contact with the skin, so there is a, you know, I would say a higher delivery rate. We saw a reversal of around of around 2.6 years in, during five days of treatment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so very short, I know. Uh, but that's why now we are running these clinical studies. And when we finally have the peptide in a cream, and obviously, you know, when you have the peptide in a cream, not all of the peptide that's in that cream will penetrate the skin. So you need like, obviously, you know, many applications and longer periods to see this data mm -hmm. uh, or this result. And we have run this experiment from uh, six months up to a year. Uh, at the end of 12 months, we saw a reverse of like 3.3 years, awesome. but this was like a smaller cohort, was only uh, 11 participants. So we are now increasing the cohort to see if we can show this significant uh, reversal effect in within six months. So we are just starting again a new study. But again, it's super cool that we can already show in humans that we yes. can reverse your skin biological age with a topical treatment. And That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. And measure it. And uh, again. And this is the product. This is the one skin product. So it's yeah. not some special research yeah, formulation exactly. that we don't have yeah. access That's to. That's the product that is actually available available in the market. Uh, yes. We did with our main, you know, products. That's the one OS one face, um, and that's the one that we have, you know, more studies because it was the first one that we, we brought to the market. You showed, um, well, actually, I want to in your clinical studies you looked at more than than biological agents. So I want to talk about some of the more classic measurements that you reversed. But before we do that, um, 
So the, I mean, can you, so it's, so the OS1, the OS01 peptide is able to sort of quench senescent cells. I'm, and I, you know, maybe this is beyond the scope of our conversation, but I'm just curious mechanistically what's going on there. Maybe no, I, I love this question. <laughs> Actually, you know, I love our, our customers and, you know, our community because they always bring the same question. Okay. How it works and, you know, what this peptide does in, in, with the senescent cells. And we actually did a pretty, I would say, deep study to actually understand how it works because there is the classic way that a molecule can, you know, induce the senescent cells to die, you know, to enter in apoptosis. And there is another way that the peptide or whatever, you know, uh, senotherapeutic can act that's like by suppressing the release of those inflammatory signals. Uh, and our peptide works by this way. So wow. that the presence of the senescent cell itself, it's not a problem, but it, it is their secretion that's causing the damage in the surrounding cells. So what our peptide does, basically, it suppresses the senescent cells to release those bad signals to the cells around. And with that, we can recover again the homeostasis of the skin and some of the senescent cells that were already present will enter in autophagy. So in the end, you don't, you know, induce the formation of newer senescent cells and you also reduce the number of the uh, senescent cells that were already present in the tissue. Incredible. Like it's just a multi, it's like a pleiotrophic anti-inflammatory yeah, compound. Yeah, exactly. And, wow. and, and, and peptides are no, known to be more pleiotrophic. They, they, they basically can bind, you know, different receptors, but it, the end result was, you know, in, in terms of like, you know, cytokines released, we can see that decrease a lot to the levels of inflammatory cytokines. Uh, and with that, wow. Yeah, you, you allow the healthy cells to, to proliferate and produce more collagen, hyaluronic acid, wow. and, you know, improve the skin barrier function. So it's very, very interesting. Very interesting. And it begs the question, <laughs> not that I want to, I, I want to stay on the skin focus, but, you know, are you... I mean, would we use this internally, this peptide? Is that something in your future? <laughs> I mean, that's another great question. And people say, can I drink in my cream? <laughs> yeah, we, we actually, we have some studies in C. elegans. So C. elegans is a very known model to study aging. And basically what we saw when, you know, we fed these worms uh, that live, you know, very uh, uh, shortly uh, around like 20 to 30 days with our peptide, we saw that we increased uh, their lifespan around like 16 to 20%. So it does has it does have a potential of a really, you know, extending lifespan. Obviously for humans, we needed to go to, you know, preclinical studies and, and eventually, you know, clinical studies. So we have several collaborations, you know, on the side going on to test this peptide in different, you know, uh, conditions. And I think our ultimate goal to have like, can we, you know, use this peptide either orally or intravenous and basically help our bodies to clean up those, you know, bad cells so our bodies can perform well for longer. Uh, but this will take, you know, a few years still. Very to, interesting. To be validated. Wow. 
So it's a topical synolytic yeah. therapeutic. That's so cool. And maybe one day it'll be yeah. an internal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Let's talk a little bit about then um, what else the product does. So like, or, or I'm, I'm sorry, in the, in your clinical studies, you, you know, you guys uh, gathered a, a, a bunch of classical measurements yeah. um, on barrier and elasticity, et cetera, et cetera. So show us, tell me about those. Yeah, definitely. So obviously, in you know, in the end, we people um, want to know like how targeting senescent cells will impact like their skin health and appearance. So we ran like the classical clinical study that uh, uh, participants use the product for like six weeks and up to 12 weeks. And we could see uh, measure significant improvements after uh, six weeks on hydration, on firmness, elasticity, on fine lines and wrinkles. We have like almost like 90% of the users like showing uh, improvement in fine lines and wrinkles. I would say that for fine lines and wrinkles, this can take up to 12 weeks because obviously the way that the peptide works is by penetrating the skin, basically, you know, uh, working from the inside out, right? Changing a little bit of the makeup of the skin on the dermal layer. And the dermal layer is the cell that is the layer that will, you know, uh, produce more collagen that will lead to that, you know, firmness and better appearance. But another <clears throat> great result that we saw was the, the improvement in the skin barrier. And, yes. uh, as, as you know, like skin barrier, our skin, you know, is designed to be a barrier for a reason, right? We want to protect our internal body against like pathogens and, you know, several uh, stressors. And when the barrier is compromised, like we have several like skin uh, disorders, we have like eczema, we have like a several inflammatory uh, diseases. And maintaining the skin barrier is a, is a way to show that your skin is functioning properly. So, uh, and it's also important to maintain our overall health, right? That's another area that we are super interested in connecting your skin with your overall health. Let me just, I just want to underline how important that is, improvement in the skin barrier. So, I mean, I know I'm... I, I, I'm on faculty at the Institute for Functional Medicine in the immune module. And I specifically talk about skin barrier, you know, as it relates to eczema, but in general, like once the barrier is compromised, not just pathogens, but allergens, I mean, you know, an, an infant can become sensitized to peanuts through the skin. I mean, it's that if it, through a compromised barrier, um, but also UV, also environmental toxins. So, so a compromised barrier is going to promote the production of senescent cells, and it's going to drive the inflammation forward. So, the, so, so the fact that you were you've significantly corrected that is. I mean, I think it's essential to the success yeah. of the product. Yeah, and actually it was our primary goal. I think, you know, as a longevity company, we are <clears throat> mainly focused on like improving the health of your skin. And we believe in that, you know, a healthy skin is a better looking skin. So, you know, the aesthetic uh, benefits, they are consequence of like, you know, really fixing the underlying cause of, you know, unhealthy skin or aging skin that uh, there is not nothing problem with like aging itself but you know we know that with aging comes all of those uh you know um impacts in our health and you know the function of our tissues and that's what we are yeah. you know trying to um to counteract it's 
awesome that we're moving beyond just the this this obsession with the aesthetics alone yeah. at any cost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, even yeah. as they accelerate the aging journey, it's like it's just time to move well beyond that. Yeah, and I think you know it's it's very good to see that consumers are getting more and more like educated and you know pro these alternatives that are you know both like good for your health and also good for your aesthetics but never like that's what we are pro like never compromise your health you know in, in pro of like getting a flawless skin because in the end, like, what is the point if, uh, if internally, you know, you are, you are not healthy and, uh, um, yeah, that, that won't last long. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So moisture was improved and you conducted the study in winter, which is really cool. Cause that's, <laughs> yeah, so that's, exactly. something that that's a very good, a good point. Yeah. There are so many variants and we could still see improvement, uh, in hydration, uh, and the skin barrier, as we said, like we measure through an instrument, so it's you know it's quantifiable. And uh, yeah, another another area was like tone because with obviously aging, everyone experiments uh, experiences more like dark spots and you know sunspots, and uh, the product helps like controlling that melanin production that also gets like deregulated uh, with like the presence of senescent cells. Um, the cool, I think the cool thing about one of the studies that you did was that you compared the base ingredients, mm -hmm. which are smart. You have a smart design yeah. of base compared to the full product with the OS uh, one peptide. And you, so you showed some benefits on both sides, but obviously the OS one peptide formulation, you know, well outperformed it. Um, what are some of the other key ingredients that you think make the product to perform as a whole along with the OS01? Yeah, we have se several important supporting ingredients, uh, some uh, oils from like that we 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 brought, you know, from the Amazon rainforest. So oh, cool. uh, yeah, uh, we have palmolato oil, uh, prakashi oil, and they are very anti-inflammatory and like rich in, in antioxidants, uh, very calming and soothing for your skin as well. So as I said, like people that sometimes have like eczema or some kind of, you know, um, rashes, they, they see an improvement, they see a calming in, you know, in their skin. Um, and then we have niacinamide, that's kind of classic. Uh, Alentoin mm -hmm. is very calming and soothing as well. Vitamin E. Um, I think these are the, and hyaluronic acid, we have like three different molecular weights of hyaluronic acid one that is a very large molecular weight that's going to just form like a barrier on top of your skin and like retain moisture okay. and mm -hmm. some you know low molecular weight that can actually penetrate in the skin and activate your skin to produce more hyaluronic acid which is kind of like the classic um I, I think of it as a sandwich. So you have an occlusive that keeps yeah. things in and then right. you also have a humectant mm -hmm. that gets in there. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Yeah. You know, there was, there's studies happening trying to figure out um, barrier repair products to, you know, inhibit the allergic march. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, eczema to mm-hmm. to asthma, to food allergies, et cetera. And there hasn't been success. I, I guess I can't help but wonder how yours might perform with this evidence that can improve, improve barrier. Yeah, you have some thoughts. Yeah, uh, that that's a very interesting uh, point because I think for as you mentioned, like when you want to improve the barrier, it can't be only like on the surface, right? We need something that will be more active. So our actives like the peptides and you know the the hyaluronic acid that can penetrate the skin that will work from the inside out and help your skin to actually repair the skin barrier. Mm-hmm. more so than creating like a physical barrier just with you know those emollients yeah. that's what you know in the long term will help your skin to to recover from some of those uh you know distress that the skin is experiencing it's interesting to see i know the research they were looking at was in exclusively in ceramide products and i think uh-huh. there is a place for ceramides for sure yeah. but yes. but the outcomes weren't weren't very exciting yeah, and and by the way, we have a, another interesting study, and we can talk. Uh, so basically, yeah. we are focused about about you know skin health as a whole. So that's why we have a a face and a body product. Mm-hmm. And one of our you know hypotheses and aim with our you know companies that we need to show that the, your skin health impacts your overall health, you know, as a whole. So yeah. as you age and you start to accumulate more senescent cells and you start to get your, you know, skin barrier compromise, you also have more like release of inflammatory signals that coming from your skin and because your skin is your largest organ can actually impact your levels of inflammation systemically. Yeah. So our hypothesis is that if we treat our skin topically and if we are able to repair the skin barrier and reduce the levels of inflammation coming from senescent cells, can we help lowering our inflammation, you know, in the blood systemically? So we are, you know, running this study in which we collect blood before the, the patients start using the product, you know, topically. And after three months, we collect blood again to measure the impact of a topical treatment in, you know, in your circulating uh, inflammatory levels. And, uh, and I think this is totally correlated with the skin barrier and definitely a, a very interesting way to show that, you know, your skin is much more than we think, right? It's just not a barrier, but it's like, Uh, an organ that's actually, you know, uh, super connected with our internal body. Huge. That's so interesting. So is that study underway right now? Do you have anything? Okay. So you can't report on it. it, Yeah, we should end now, uh, end of like June. So we hope to have the, but the preliminary, because some participants already finished and we already see some very interesting uh, trends in decreasing uh, some key inflammatory cytokines. upon the treatment. Can you share any of them yet? <laughs> I'm so curious to see what you've changed or to hear what yeah, you've changed. I, I think I'll hold just because things can okay. change when you have the whole. <laughs> fair, totally fair. You can yeah. definitely, definitely. We can so, do a second episode. We can do a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When that paper, well, you have a couple of papers coming out that we yeah. should talk about and anything that comes out, we can link to on the show notes, folks. We we will. We'll make sure that you're yeah. um, in the know with, with, with this cool, cool product line. Um, so you alluded to people using this for eczema. I mean, obviously, as a as a clinician, and there's a lot of 
doctors and clinicians who are listening to this podcast. So not only are they thinking about using it for themselves, but they're going to be thinking about prescribing it to their patients. Um, Have you looked at using one skin for eczema or for other skin conditions? Yeah, not not on a clinical Mm -hmm. study. So all all the data that we have is still on a doctor. But I think... um, yeah, we, we, we definitely need like results or, or studies to, to prove like this um, hypothesis. I think the whole uh, rationale behind like improving the skin barrier makes sense. Yes. But I, obviously eczema has more, it's, it's a more of a complex like, uh, you know, condition. So there will be other, you know, factors that could interfere as well. Um, another thing that I think we saw that was interesting, uh, mainly from, you know, the body product and a lot of people, you know, during the a- aging process, they experience a lot of itching and flakiness and yeah. skin gets really fragile, you know, tends yes. to stare really easily. Uh, so we did have seen, uh, we did saw, see a lot of uh, uh, improvement in terms of improving the skin resilience and, you know, uh, decreasing like itchiness. And, and so the skin is, re, you know, recovered to that health and kind of, you know, um, I would say strong state again. So that, that very impressive helped a lot of uh, many patient uh, participants as well. I mean, you know, I can say that certainly the variables that you're measuring barrier, you know, the hydration status, these are all the classic measurements that they use in products designed specifically to treat eczema or atopic Mm -hmm. dermatitis. So it seems to me that, you know, I'll make the the leap that it would be absolutely reasonable to try. And it's really, it's very gentle. It's very gentle. Yeah. We even like, uh, if you, you know, if you had like a child that has a problem, like uh, we haven't tested, so we, we don't, you know, publicly recommend, but I, I would say that's safe for, for yeah. a child though, or yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's just really exciting. Um, all right. We've covered a lot. Let me think. Oh, you know, the other question I wanted to ask you was, um, we're thinking about the skin microbiome a lot and the influence on either accelerated aging or decelerated aging. So again, my coming from you know a background of, of thinking about allergic disease and atopic dermatitis, there's always a dysbiotic microbiome yeah. that's involved in the process. And I'm just, I'm curious if you've looked at changes to the microbiome with one skin. Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> a great question again. And, and we... We actually have a, a clinical study ongoing as well to measure uh, change in the skin microbiome after, you know, people are using the product because it's really hard to mimic the microbiome in vitro. So that's yeah. something that we cannot assess, uh, you know, with our tools in the lab. But uh, we are also curious and, you know, there are many studies showing that your microbiome changes with the aging process. Yes. And obviously, you know, when you are experiencing any of those conditions. Um, so we want to understand a little bit more of the impact of our product uh, after a certain period. So uh, I'll, I'll add Keep this. Me posted. Yeah, yeah, we'll add to it. <laughs> My, I, I have to say that you know, paying attention to that literature for a while, I, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, but my, my conclusion was that it's more, if we correct 
the imbalance in the skin, sort of the underlying imbalance in the microbiome tends to follow. So going in after a imbalanced microbiome with some sort of antimicrobial or, you know, trying to sort of eradicate and rebuild is, is probably not the approach. It's it may be the inside out rebuilding of the skin itself that may change it. I'm, I'll be, and, and your study would actually confirm that or. Yeah. You know, it. Yeah. I, I think it, it, as always, is kind of a two way approach. I think it's a little harder to actually, you know, add the, you know, the, the right amount of, you know, microbes to your skin that you need with a topical product. There are like so many variables and, you know, that you, that it's hard to guarantee the delivery of like the right ones to your skin. So I would agree with you that when your skin in, in a, you know, in a good like uh, homeostasis state, that uh, the, the, the direct consequences that uh, your microbiome will respond and will, because, you know, the default when we are healthy and young is that, you know, everything is kind of, you know, in harmony. So that's yeah. a consequence of like having a healthy skin is that the, your microbiome would like complement that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a synergistic, like symbiotic relation, yeah. but beneficial yeah. relationship. Um, well, we've covered a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, really excited to get to talk to you. And I, I look forward to other conversations as you are so committed in moving the science forward. You know, I just hope you blow this field right up. <laughs> it needs it. Um, Anything else that you want to add? And we've covered, yeah, we've covered quite a bit. I'm thrilled about the clock. I'm thrilled about all the papers, every question that I had, you know, you're already researching it. So um, what else? Yeah, I mean, maybe just touch on, you know, what we are developing next. Yeah, good, uh, good. Yeah, that's also super interesting. And uh, as we think of like the, the impact of senescent cells in other, you know, conditions. I think another one that's really close to what we are doing is hair loss. Mm, as, wow. you know, it's associated with aging. Uh, your scalp is a continuation of your skin. And there are several studies actually showing that senescent cells impact, you know, in hair loss and even like in graying hair. Wow. So, uh I think it's so fascinating when you think that, okay, if we can actually target aging at the root cause, we can solve so many things that we are experiencing. And, you know, with like one kind of, you know, same, uh, you know, target. So we have just started like researching hair follicle growth and, you know, the impact of senescent cells and testing our peptide in combination with other ingredients to evaluate whether, uh, we could also uh, treat or prevent the hair loss uh, as well. Wow. Anything to report? Is this? Where, <laughs> yeah, no, this is still early. This is still early. Okay. Uh, very but, exciting. Uh, so yeah, this one is probably going to take a while. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think the, the, the other closest, you know, uh, product that we are bringing uh, to the market will be like a sunscreen that also has the peptide. Okay. So I think obviously we know that, you know, sunscreen is the best defense against aging. Uh, you, you need to choose well, you, you know, also sunscreen, they can be sometimes a little toxic in some ways. So yeah, choose min mineral ones. Uh, but I think combining uh, a sunscreen with our peptide is basically having like a two-way defense against, you know, sun damage because 
sometimes when the sunscreen you know cannot be effective and you accumulate some damage then the peptide has this ability to repair or to help yourselves to repair you know the damage more efficiently so we'll be like you know a dual that will you know work super well to again continue to promote the, the skin health Perfect. Well, keep us posted on that. Really exciting, all of it. <laughs> all right, Carolina, thanks again for joining me on New Frontiers. Folks, again, you will find all of the information we covered in the show notes, the links to the papers, et cetera. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Dr. Karis. So fun, this conversation. Good.